0: chapter 10 the dragon of wantley his tale by owen wister this librivox recording is in the public domain the dragon of wantley his tale by owen wister chapter 10 the great white christmas at wantley now are all the people long awake and out of their beds Wantley Manor is stirring busily in each quarter of the house and court and the whole county likewise is agog by seven o'clock this morning it was noised in every thatched cottage and in every gabled hall that the great dragon had been captured some said by st george in person who appeared riding upon a miraculous white horse and speaking a tongue that nobody could understand Wherefore, it was held to be the language common in Paradise. Some declared St. George had nothing to do with it, and that this was the pious achievement of Father Anselm. Others were sure Miss Elaine had fulfilled the legend and conquered the monster entirely by herself. One or two, hearing the event had taken place in Sir Godfrey's wine-cellar, said they thought the Baron had done it and were immediately set down as persons of unsound mind but nobody mentioned geoffrey at all until the baron's invitations requesting the honour of various people's presence at the marriage of his daughter elaine to that young man were received and that was about ten o'clock the ceremony being named for twelve that day in the family chapel sir godfrey intended the burning of the dragon to take place not one minute later than half past eleven accordingly besides the invitation to the chapel all friends and neighbors whose position in the county or whose intimacy with the family entitled them to a recognition less formal and more personal received a second card which ran as follows sir godfrey de saison at home wednesday morning december the twenty-fifth from half after eleven until the following day dancing also a dragon will be roasted r s v p the De Saison Crest, with its spirited motto, Saute qui peult," originated by the venerable Primer De followed by his son Tortius De and born with so much renown in and out of a hundred battles by a thousand subsequent De ornamented the top left-hand corner. "'I think we shall have but few refusals,' said the Reverend Huckbald to Sir Godfrey, not many will be prevented by previous engagements i opine and the chaplain smiled benignly rubbing his hands he had published the bans of matrimony three times in a lump before breakfast which is rather unusual he said but under the circumstances we shall easily obtain a dispensation
1: in providing such an entertainment for the county as this will be
0: remarked the baron
1: I feel I have performed my duty towards society for some time to come. No one has had a dragon at a private house before me, I believe. Oh, surely
0: not, simpered the sleek Huckbald. Not even Lady Jumping Jack. Fiddle, grunted the Baron.
1: She, indeed. Fandango's.
0: She's very pious, protested the Reverend Huckbald whom the lady sometimes asked to fish lunches in Lent.
1: ìVandangos!î
0: repeated the baron. He had once known her exceedingly well, but she pursued variety at all expense, even his. As for refusals, the chaplain was quite right. There were none. Nobody had a previous engagement, or kept it if they had good gracious rupert or cecil or chandos as it might be each dame in the county had exclaimed to her lord on opening the envelope brought by private hand from wantley we're asked to the desaisons to see a dragon and his daughter Mary.
1: by heaven muriel we'll go
0: the gentleman invariably replied under the impression that elaine was to marry the dragon which would be a show worth seeing the answers came flying back to Wantley every minute or two, most of them written in such haste that you could only guess they were acceptances. And those individuals who lived so far away across the county that the invitations reached them too late to be answered, immediately rang every bell in the house and ordered the carriage in frantic tones. Of course nobody kept any engagement. Sir Guy Volivon and none but a most abandoned desperado or advanced thinker would be willing to do such a thing on christmas had accepted an invitation to an ambush at three for the slaying of sir percy de resistance but the ambush was put off till a more convenient day sir thomas de brie had been going to spend his christmas at a cock-fight in the count de gorgonzola's barn but he remarked to his man edward who brought the trap to the door, that the Count de Gorgonzola might go blank. Never mind what he remarked, it was not nice. Though oddly enough it was exactly the same remark that the Count had made about Sir Thomas on telling his own man James to drive to Wantley and drop the cockfight. All these gentlemen, as soon as they heard the great news, started for the manor with the utmost speed. Nor was it the quality alone who were so unanimous in their feelings. The tenantry, to whom Sir Godfrey had extended a very hospitable bidding to come, and they should find standing room and good meat and beer in the courtyard, went nearly mad. From every quarter of the horizon they came plunging and ploughing along. The sun blazed down out of a sky whence a universal radiance seemed to beat upon the blinding white. Could you have mounted up bird fashion over the country, you would have seen the manor like the centre of some great wheel with narrow tracks pointing into it from the invisible rim of a circle paths wide and narrow converging at the gate trodden across the new snow from anywhere and everywhere and moving along these like ants all the inhabitants for miles around and through the wide splendor of winter no wind blowing but the sound of chiming bells far and near clear frozen drops of music in the brittle air old gaffer piers the ploughman stumped along pretty well for eighty thanky as he somewhat snappishly answered to the neighbors who outwalked him on the road they would get there first wonderful old man they said as they went on their way and quickly resumed their speculations upon the dragon's capture farmer john styles came driving his ox team in snuffling for it was pretty cold and his handkerchief at home upon his wagon on every part like swallows Hung as many of his relations as could get on his mother, who had been Lucy Baker, and grandmother Cecilia Kemp, and a litter of cousin Thorpe's. But as stepfather Louis Gay and the children of the half blood were not asked to ride, Farmer Styles had bitterly resented the second marriage. This family knew all the particulars concerning the dragon, for they had them from the cook's second cousin who was courting Bridget Styles. They knew how St. George had waked Father Anselm up, and put him on a white horse, and how the abbot had thus been able to catch the dragon by his tail in the air, just as he was flying away with Miss Elaine, and how at that the white horse had turned into a young man, who had been bewitched by the dragon, and was going to marry Miss Elaine immediately. On the front steps, shaking hands with each person who came, was Sir Godfrey. HE HAD DRESSED HIMSELF EXCELLENTLY FOR THE OCCASION, SOMETHING BETWEEN A HEAVY FATHER AND AN OLD BOW, WITH A BEAUTIFUL PART DOWN THE BACK OF HIS HEAD WHERE THE HAIR WAS. Geoffrey STOOD BESIDE HIM.
1: "'My son-in-law, that's to be,'
0: Sir Godfrey would say, and the gentry welcomed the young man, while the tenants bobbed him respectful
1: salutations. "'You're one of us. Glad to know you,'
0: said Sir Thomas de Brie, surveying the lad with approval. Lady Jumping Jack held his hand for a vanishing moment you could hardly make sure of. I had made up my mind to hate you for robbing me of my dearest girl, she said, smiling gaily, and fixing him with her odd-looking eyes. But I see we're to be friends. Then she murmured a choice nothing to the baron, who snarled politely.
1: Don't let her play you
0: said he to Geoffrey when the lady had moved on, and he tapped the youth's shoulder familiarly. "'Oh, I've been through all that sort of thing over in Poitiers,' Geoffrey answered with
1: indifference. "'You're a rogue, sir, as I've told you before. Ha! Uncle Mortmain, how'd you do?' "'Yes, this is Geoffrey. Where's my boy Roland?' "'Coming, is he? Well, he had better look sharp. "'It's after eleven, and I'll wait for nobody. how d'ye you do, John Styles?" That bull you sold me is costing thirty shillings a year in fences. You'll find something ready down by those tables, I think.
0: Hark to that roar! The crowd jostled together in the courtyard, for it sounded terribly close.
1: The dragon's quite safe in the pit, good people, shouted Sir Godfrey. A few more minutes and you'll all see him the old gentleman continued
0: welcoming the new arrivals chatting heartily with a joke for this one and a kind inquiry for the other but wretched geoffrey so the dragon was to be seen in a few minutes and where were the monks of oyster Le Main? still a bold face must be kept he was thankful that elaine after the custom of brides was invisible the youth's left hand rested upon the hilt of his sword he was in rich attire and the curly hair that surrounded his forehead had been carefully groomed Halfway up the stone steps as he stood his blue eyes watching keenly for the monks he was a figure that made many a humble nymph turn tender glances upon him old piers the ploughman remained beside a barrel of running ale and drank his health all day for he was a wonderful old man hither and thither the domestics scurried swiftly making preparations. Some were cooking rare pasties of grouse and ptarmigan, goslings and doughbirds. Some were setting great tables indoors and out, and some were piling faggots for the dragon's funeral pyre. Popham, with magnificent solemnity and a pair of new calves, gave orders to Meeson and Wellesby and kept little Whelpedale panting for breath with errands, while in and out between everybody's legs and over or under all obstacles stalked the two ravens croak james and croak elizabeth a big white wedding-favour tied round the neck of each to see these grave birds none would have suspected how frequently they had been in the mince-pies that morning though popham had expressly ruled in somewhat stilted language that they should take nothing by their bills geoffrey said the baron
1: i think we'll begin popham? tell them to light that fire there
0: the guests are still coming sir said geoffrey
1: no matter it is half after eleven
0: the baron showed his sundial and there was no doubt of it
1: here take the keys he said and bring the monster out for us
0: i'll go and put on my armor suggested the young man that would take time perhaps the monks
1: might arrive why the brutes chained you need no armor nonsense but think of my clothes in that pit sir on my wedding day pooh that's the first sign of a frenchman i've seen in you take the keys sir
0: the crackle of the kindling fagots came to Geoffrey's ears he saw the forty men with chains that were to haul the dragon into the fire but there's father anselm yet to come he protested surely we wait for
1: him I'll wait for nobody. He with his crusades and rubbish. Haven't I got this dragon, and there's no crusade? Ah, cousin Modus, glad you could come over just in time. The sherry's to your left. Yes, it's a very fine day. Yes, yes, this is Geoffrey my girl's to marry, and all that. What do I care about, Father Anselm?
0: The old gentleman resumed testily when his cousin Modus had shuffled off. Come, sir. He gave the keys into Geoffrey's unwilling hand, and ordered silence, proclaimed. "'Hearken, good friends,' said he, and all talk and going to and fro ceased. The tenantry stood down in the courtyard, a mass of motionless russet and yellow, every face watching the baron. The gentry swarmed noiselessly out upon the steps behind him, their handsome dresses bright against the manor walls. There was a short pause. Old Gaffer Piers made a slight disturbance falling over with his cup of ale, but was quickly set on his feet by his neighbours. The sun blazed down, and the growling of the dragon came from the pit.
1: yonder noise pursued Sir Godfrey speaks more to the point than I could. I'll give you no speech.
0: All loudly cheered at this. Don't you think whispered the Reverend Huckbald in the Baron's ear. That a little something serious should be said on such occasion, I should like our brethren to be reminded. Fudge, said the baron,
1: for thirteen years, he continued, raising his voice again. This dragon has been speaking for himself. You all know, and I know, how that has been. And now we are going to speak for ourselves. And when he is on top of that fire, he'll know how that is. Geoffrey, open the pit and get him out again there was a cheer but a short one for the
0: spell of expectancy was on all the young man descended into the court and the air seemed to turn to a wavering mist as he looked up at the manor windows seeking to spy elaine's face at one of them was this to be the end could he kiss her one last good-bye if disaster was in store for them after all Alas no glimpse of her was to be seen as he moved along hardly aware of his own steps and the keys jingling lightly as he moved through the crowd he passed and a whispering ran in his wake followed by deeper silence than before he reached the edge of the people and crossed the open space beyond passing the leaping blaze of the faggots and so drew near the iron door of the pit the key went slowly into the lock all shrank with dismay at the roar which rent the air geoffrey paused with his hands gripping the key and there came a sound of solemn singing over the fields the monks murmured a few under their breath and silence fell again each listening men's voices it was and their chanting rose by one sudden step to a high note that was held for a moment and then sank again mellow like the harmony of horns in a wood then over the ridge from oyster-le-main the length of a slow procession began to grow the gray gowns hung to the earth straight with scarce any waving as the men walked the heavy hoods reached over each face so there was no telling its features none in the courtyard spoke at all As the brooding figures passed in under the gateway and proceeded to the door of the bear pit, singing always. Howling that seemed born of terror now rose from the imprisoned monster, and many thought,
1: evidently the evil beast cannot endure the sound of holy words.
0: Elaine, in her white dress, now gazed from an upper window, seeing her lover with his enemies drawing continually closer around him perhaps it was well for him that his death alone would not have served to lock their secret up again that the white maiden in the window is ready to speak the word and direct instant vengeance on them and their dragon if any ill befall that young man who stands by the iron door the song of the monks ended sir godfrey on the steps was wondering why father anselm did not stand out from the rest of the gray people and explain his wishes
1: though so he shall not interrupt the sport whatever he says
0: thought the baron and cast on the group of holy men a less hospitable eye than had beamed on his other guests Geoffrey, over at the iron door surrounded by the motionless figures scanned each hood narrowly and soon met the familiar eyes of hubert hubert's gown he noticed bulged out in a manner ungainly and mysterious open the door whispered that youth at once geoffrey began to turn the key and at its grinding all held their breath and a quivering silence hung over the court the hasty drops pattered down from the eaves from the snow that was melting on the roof then some strip of metal inside the lock sprung suddenly making a sharp song and ceased. The crowd of monks pressed closer together as the iron door swung open. What did Geoffrey see? None but the monks could tell. Instantly a single roar, more terrible than any, burst out, and the huge, horrible black head and jaws of the monster reared into the view of Sir Godfrey and his guests. One instant the fearful vision in the doorway swayed with a stiff strange movement over the knot of monks that surrounded it then sank out of sight among them there was a sound of jerking and fierce clanking of chains mingled with loud chanting of pious sentences then a plume of spitting flame flared upward with a mighty roar and the grey figures scattered right and left there along the ground lay the monster shriveled twisted in dismal coils And dead close beside his black body towered Father Anselm, smoothing the folds of his gray gown. Geoffrey was sheathing his sword and looking at Hubert, whose dress bulged out no longer but fitted him as usual.
1: We have been vouchsafed a miracle,
0: said Father Anselm quietly to the gaping spectators there'll be no burning said geoffrey pointing to the shrunken skin but though he spoke so coolly and repelled all besieging disturbance from the fortress of his calm visage and bearing as a bold and haughty youth should do yet he could scarcely hold his fingers steady as it pointed to the blackened carcass then all at once his eyes met those of elaine where she watched from her window And relief and joy rushed through him he stretched his arms toward her not caring who saw and the look she sent him with a smile drove all surrounding things to an immeasurable distance away
1: here indeed
0: father anselm repeated
1: is a miracle lo the empty shell the snake hath shed his skin this is very disappointing said sir godfrey bewildered is there no dragon to roast the roasting replied the
0: abbot impressively is even now
1: begun for all eternity he
0: stretched out an arm and pointed downward through the earth
1: the evil spirit has fled the church hath taken this matter into her own hands and claims yon barren hide as a relic. "'Well, I don't see why the church can't let good sport alone,' retorted Sir Godfrey. "'Hope she'll not take to breaking up my cock-fights this way,' muttered the Count,
0: Count de Gorgonzola, sulkily. "'The
1: church cares nothing for such profane frivolities,' observed
0: Father Anselm with cold dignity.
1: "'At all events, friends,'
0: said Sir Godfrey, cheering up,
1: "'the country is rid of the dragon of Wantley, "'and we've got a wedding and a breakfast left.'
0: Just at this moment a young horseman rode furiously into the courtyard. It was Roland, Sir Godfrey's son. "'Great news,' he began at once, "'another crusade has been declared, and I am going. "'Merry Christmas. Where's Elaine? Where's the dragon?' Father Anselm's quick brain seized this chance. He and his monks should make a more stately exit than he had planned. See, he said in a
1: clear voice to his monks, how all is coming true that was revealed to me this night, my son. He continued, turning to young Roland. Thy brave resolve reached me ere thou hadst made it. No, it has been through thee that the dragon has gone
0: upon this there was profound silence and now he added solemnly
1: farewell the monks of oyster lamaine go hence to the holy land also to battle for the true faith behold we have made us ready to meet the toil
0: his haughty tones ceased and he made a sign the gray gowns fell to the snow and revealed a stalwart fierce-looking crew in black armor but the abbot kept his gray gown
1: you'll stay for the wedding
0: inquired sir godfrey of him
1: our duty lies to the sea farewell for i shall never see thy face again
0: he turned Hubert gathered up the hide of the crocodile and threw a friendly glance back at Geoffrey. Then again raising their song, the black band slowly marched out under the gate, and away over the snow until the ridge hid them from sight, and only their singing could be heard in the distant fields.
1: "'Well,'
0: exclaimed Sir Godfrey,
1: "'it's no use to stand staring. Now for the wedding.' mistletoe go up and tell miss elaine huckbald tell the organist to pipe up his music and as soon as it's over we'll drink the bride's health and health to the bridegroom. 'Tis a lucky thing that between us all the dragon is gone for there's still enough of my burgundy to last us till midnight come friends come in for everything awaits your pleasure
0: Reader, if thou hast found thy way thus far, sure then I writ beneath a lucky star, and nothing so becomes all journey's ends, as that the travellers should part as friends. Thus ends Chapter 10 Thus ends The Dragon of Wantley Read by Dolly Frank Tallahassee, Florida for Christmas 2011.